All right, we made it. This is Special Privilege Episode 10. Yay! Success. Nobody asked for a giveaway. (laughs) No, they didn't. We still haven't heard a peep from anybody regarding the show, but we're going to keep on trucking. Maybe by 20. Our special 100th episode where we'll interact with our first listener. So it took us nine episodes of our show to get through the first 13 episodes of The Americans, season one. So we're now ready to talk about season two, episode one, (coughs) Coughing Fit. Yes. Oh, I read that wrong. It says comrades. We're both sick, so get over it. Coughrads. I'm not sick. I just have allergy explosion. And I think that's your problem, too. Although with you, it's it's kind of hard to tell because you have permanent cough. I'm getting the look right now. It's not audible. But you may be able to feel it if you're listening to the show. Anywho, comrades, camaraderie. Culmination. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a hilarious reference to American Pie for anybody that uh, does not get the culmination joke. Yes. If you have not seen that movie, please go see it. That's oh. all. That's all. Oh, no, hello. No more spoilers on that. Got got GoPro accessories flying all over the place over do, here. Do we need to have GoPro hour? No, I don't have GoPro anything to times? say about GoPro. You gave me grief about Apple Watch. Well, I was just talking about what the noise was. Oh. I was not wanting to. I wasn't looking at the GoPro or reviewing any features of it or anything in the middle of talking. Something fell off the desk. Whatever. Oh, there we go. For you seniors, this marks the culmination of the past four years. Culmination. So we will link to the YouTube clip of Culmination. It's definitely not something that most people remember as a classic moment from the movie American Pie, but we've always found it pretty funny. Yes. It's because it's like the guy, one of the guy's only lines in the whole movie is repeating the coach. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So. Season two. Not surprisingly, the flashback at the beginning of this episode was essentially a recap of the first season of the Americans. Yes. I thought we saw our friend, our deceased friend, Mr. Amador, in the flashback. I thought perhaps that meant we were going to get another one of those Stan and Amador palling around flashbacks, but... uh, No, he's already been paid. I think so. Apparently, they were just trying to remind us that he was a person who used to be alive. Yes. He got paid for a season. We can't bring him back anymore. No no more lines for him. I have to pay him again. That's right. Cause, we don't have yeah. m- budget in the second season. Right, because they can use that footage from the first season as much as they want. That's right. They can use it over and over again. They don't have to pay him again for it. Actually, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, you have and, royalty or anything? I mean, I know that if they were to, you know, when they re-air an episode that somebody was in, there's, you know, there's various, like, royalties that actors get depending on the contracts and all that. But I'm not sure how that works for reused footage. I think you only get paid for the footage one time. How much do you think Brad Pitt's getting for the one episode he was in on Friends? How, the Friends is in high re- rotation. So he might be he might be clearing upwards of, you know, 
ten to twenty dollars a or month. Even on that. Witherspoon as the sister. That's true. Or uh, what's her face, Christina Applegate as yeah. the other sister. Yeah. Or that lady that played uh, Monica Geller. Oh yeah. Not Courtney Cox, but the one who stole her identity and was pretending to be Monica Geller. Was she fat? Well, so Monica used to be fat. <laughs> That's when she was called Big Fat Monica. Or, or her nickname when she was a soccer player, Big Fat Goalie. <sighs> now I have to find a clip of the trivia episode yes. classic. of Friends because it is so great. Yes. Lightning round begins. Stop it. <laughs> now, what was Monica's nickname when she was a field hockey goalie? Big fat goalie. Correct. Oh, field hockey, not soccer. My mistake. Rachel claims this is her favorite movie. Dangerous Liaisons. Correct. Her actual favorite movie is... Weekend at Bernie's. Correct. <laughs> In what part of her body did Monica get a pencil stuck at age 14? Oh. Her ear! All right, Monica categorizes her towels. How many categories are there? Everyday use, fancy, guest, fancy guest. Two seconds. Uh, 11? 11, unbelievable. 11 is correct. Yes! All right, that's four for the guys. Ladies, you're up. All right, all right. seconds on the clock five correct questions wins the game the lightning round begins now what is joey's favorite food sandwiches correct chandler was how old when he first touched a girl's breast 14 no 19 thanks man joey had an imaginary childhood friend his name was maurice correct his profession was oh, space cowboy correct what is chandler bing's job You need this or you lose the game. It's, um, it has something to do with transponding. Oh, 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 he's a trans, trans monster. That's not even a word. Oh, no, no, no. I can get this. I can get this. Oh, no. Yes. I like how there's like, like really that was like the last question. This is a great clip. <laughs> that was very enjoyable. I like the little add on the end there with the slowdown of the, they needed one more version of it where Monica was like, <laughs> okay, we're not going down the friends YouTube clip rabbit hole. I promise. Although there's, you know, there's worse topics to cover. You know, people, a lot of people hate on uh, friends. A lot of the, a lot of the shows I listen to, they talk about, you know, things not holding up or, I mean, I'm not saying that in the grand scheme of, you know, quality television that it was, you know, the most original show or the, I mean, I get it. It's a bunch of white 20 something people who clearly didn't really have to worry about money because. Well, every once in a while you saw like Rachel kind of, there was like the episode where like Rachel and. Joey and Phoebe can pay for the 
Dave yeah. Matthew Manzer, Hootie, like, or whatever. Like the one time that they tried to address the fact that like three of them didn't. Oh appear yeah, it was Hootie and the jobs. Blowfish. It was Hootie and the Blowfish because Monica had a hickey, and she said that was the work of a blowfish. Yes, that is correct. No, I am not Hootie. <laughs> that was not from Friends. Jerry Maguire, you are the master of the Quan. Thank you. I have days at work where. I feel like writing a manifesto, like uh, the things we think and do not say. At the, <laughs> I don't have nearly as many of those times at my current work as the one before we moved here. I had lots of those days at that work. I had a lot. And that's why you left there. Yes. It was a good idea. So we can be poor. <laughs> Just because our house needs <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars of repairs. Doesn't make us poor. Just because we bought the money pit. Just cash poor. <laughs> We're rich in so many things. Right. Our house is full of rich history. 40 years of, <laughs> of rich history that are soaked into our rotten siding. There's <laughs> just so much richness that it's just oozing out. That's right. It's and just... rotting. Where it's oozing out. That's right. That sounds really gross. It really wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got a nice recap of season one of the Americans in the flashback. And then it opens up on, we're like out in the middle of nowhere at some kind of lake house is what I, is what I read. I mean, it was definitely, there was a body of water and like a little, a little cabin, cabin, in, the, cabin yeah. in the woods or yeah. whatever. And I thought, oh, are we, is this like a job or something? We're starting off, you know, but, but it turns out it's, we're picking up with Liz, Liz. Elizabeth. Yes. Once again, once again, my abbreviations in my notes have, have failed me. Elizabeth has been recuperating. That's right. She, uh, she had a little, a little time to, uh, to get better out in the middle of nowhere, apparently. And, uh, was with a lady and I was trying to remember what I recognized, how I recognized uh, the lady. Was that chicky that was Philip's old squeeze? It wasn't that lady, was it? Like the one that dropped him off in the middle of the street. Middle of the street? What are you talking about? Or like one time, like. I'm talking about when he had his little getaway in, uh, in Bangladesh. DC at the. No, New York. Oh, yeah. They live in at, DC. At, at the conference for. Oh, the travel conference. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was her. Um, I don't think she would. And it wasn't for the that. same lady that we saw then later in the same episode, was it? It was one of their couple friends. No, I don't know. whoever it was, maybe it was just some other KGP person that was taking care of her. But uh, she says goodbye to the lady, and uh, and drives presumably to go back home. And we got actually as she was driving back home, we got this. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, my note it's a little later in my notes here, but we then got some really pretty um like helicopter shots of, of the, like the drive like the countryside where they were driving back uh to the house in Virginia. So I don't know if this place was intended to be they never really revealed the exact location. Was it was an undisclosed location. That's correct. Um yeah, whether this was supposed to be just somewhere else in Virginia or if it was out of state or what. But yeah, just Beautiful, beautiful, uh, um, like I say, helicopter shot, you know, camera work of the, of, 
of their Oldsmobile <laughs> driving its way back to uh, <laughs> to Virginia. And it when it pulled into their neighborhood, it reminded me of something I said. I think it was last time. It might have been two episodes ago. Um, I was talking about um, how cookie cutter the houses are in their neighborhood. Well, I forgot that their neighborhood is actually, they're actually really condos is what they live in. There's their multi-unit houses because it was, it wasn't until the helicopter shots of them coming into the neighborhood that I was like, Oh yeah. Cause it's very obvious as the, as you see in that overhead view that it's like a shared driveway area between two units that kind of face each other. Like more of a duplex thing. Yeah. I I think, I think condo is probably the right word for it because it's, it's definitely a multi-unit thing, but it's not like, it's not an exact, like duplex, I think more of the looks kind of like a house, but it's split down the middle. Whereas these are more oriented almost in like a square shape the way they, but anyway, whatever you want to call it, it's a multi-unit home of some it's not a single family home which is all the more reason why it's pretty incredible that they're able to keep everything a secret yeah because when you know if they're down in their basement making noises or whatever if if the next person over his basement is you know yeah not too far away that's why they have to be careful but they don't share the same overall unit with stan and and the beeman family i think they're like across the street or a couple doors down or something. I think they're across the street. I thought they were kind of like next door or something. corner or something. But they're not definitely not in like the same unit. No, because I thought like how some of their windows look out to the other. I just know that when Philip was out in the driveway with Henry doing hockey that right. one time, it seemed like Stan was kind of across the street huh. looking up. But maybe he was just walking past. Uh, I can't really remember. Weird. So all that said, we we understand a little more about their neighborhood now. Um, while they were driving home, it cut. It, we cut to a separate thing, and it was while Elizabeth was away recuperating, Philip was still hard at work doing KGB stuff, and he was dressed up as I, I wrote it in my notes as Country Phil, because he was in super cowboy. America. <laughs> he had like a belt buckle and a bolo tie and a big it, 10 gallon hat and the whole deal. I had the whole vibe of Matthew McConaughey in Days and Confused with the weird hair or something. Oh, that he that haircut specifically because he wasn't playing like a stoner. <laughs> no, right. No, it wasn't a stoner type thing. It was just like this, he's meet with his the look with the hair. <laughs> These Afghani guys. And he's like, <laughs> he asked him if he's got any weed. And the guy's like, no. And he's be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> like, you know what I like about these KGB ladies? I get older, but they stay the same age. Another classic movie that you should watch. Yes, dazed and confused. Maybe just a brief, a brief breakaway. Let me find a classic. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, there we go. The language is really classy in this movie. Okay. I, I forget. So tell me, man, how's this year's crop of freshman chicks look? <laughs> what you gonna end up in jail sometime really soon? I know that. Fact. No, man. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. Yeah. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. 
I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> like the hand thing. All right, so yeah. All right, all right, all right. Back to Phil and his so getup. So he's in the Afghani restaurant meeting with these two dudes, one of whom I recognized. I think he plays like the. I mean, it, it, it makes me, it bums me out that we are so ignorant in America that you can see the same character actors pop up playing all these different nationalities and like it's because I recognize the one dude he has played every kind of Middle Eastern or you know Southeast Asian you know like you he's just fills the bill for whatever they need because I, I totally recognized him not the uh, not the one that did most of the talking but the older dude but anyway they're talking about how um, they're going to get the Afghanistan uh, or the Afghani people um, to fight back against the Russians. Well, of course, so they think they're meeting with super America man that Phil is pretending to be. And and he's going to like hook them up with some armaments and they're going to arm the Afghani people to rise up against the Russians. Cause I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, Afghanistan was a big, kind of you know during the cold war there were a lot of places around the world where the u.s and russia kind of fought you know they called a proxy war when because we weren't fighting each other we would kind of pick sides in these other disputes all around the globe and we would kind of fund you know the sides to try to win victories kind of you know as like auxiliary, well, that's why they call it a proxy war, as proxies for the U.S. and Russia fighting each other directly. We would just fund, you know, we'd pick like a champion and... Plays a bet. Essentially. And we would like fund them and train them and arm them and then turn them loose and hope that the people that we helped out beat the people that Russia helped out. And Afghanistan was a big, uh, a big place for that. I don't know if you remember that movie, Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks. The name sounds familiar. I thought of it during the scene because Tom Hanks was playing this this Texan dude that was funding Afghani rebels who were essentially fighting against the Russians. And so that's what this reminded me of a lot. They were trying to call upon that on purpose or, or what. But uh, I should go find the IMDb page for that. That was a pretty good movie and based on a true story. Um, who was the lady? It was Julia Roberts hmm. played his wife because he was in like Congress or a senator or something. Congress. So the Afghani rebels were fighting the Soviets directly. So by us funding the Afghani rebels, it was as if we were fighting against the, the Soviets Russia. ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, they think they're talking to the Americans who are going to help them fight the Soviets. Well, they're actually talking to a KGB agent who's undercover is a rootin' tootin' <laughs> Texas cowboy. And that's when uh, they're talking about, uh, you know, America and how they love America. And that's when Phil says, America can't protect you. And Allah, (laughs) I wrote it the way I did because he said it in his fake Texas accent. He said, he said, America can't protect you. Allah can't protect you. (laughs) (laughs) 
and the KGB is everywhere. And that's when he, uh, he shoots the one dude and kills him outright, like under the table, Han Solo style. And then the other dude, I think he winged him, but that dude started fighting with him and kind of ripped off Phil's wig. Yeah. And he ended up taking the dude out and, uh, he was actually going to leave the guy alive and try to send a message with him. That's what the whole America can't protect you and the law can't protect you. But, uh, he ended up killing the dude. And so Philip is walking out the kitchen, walking back through the kitchen, and there's a kid like mopping the floor, young kid, like probably 17, 16, 17 tops, you know, teenager for sure, probably working in his family's restaurant, has Mm -hmm. clearly has nothing to do with, you know, whatever plot is going on. Oh, but it's pretty much clear shitless. Yeah, he's he's about to wet himself, basically. Poop himself. And, uh... Philip walks up to the kid and uh and says it's okay and uh and as he's turning to walk away the kid kind of turns away and he pops the kid in the head and takes him out uh I had a feeling it was going to happen cuz um Philip had no wig on at that point so he his identity had been compromised Right. So I'm pretty sure the training kicks in. He can't. He can't basically leave anybody alive at that point. He puts his hat on. He puts it. You know, he's <laughs> he's wigless, but he he puts his ten gallon hat on, and you can see like the they weren't like bobby pins, but you could see like the hair like the clips that yeah. were clipping the wig in, like hanging out the the sides of his his cowboy hat. But that would only be if anybody was looking close. Right. So he could. That was enough for him to make it back to the car. And he turned on the car, and the, and as soon as he turned the car on, there was like this real twangy-ass country music playing. Very old school. And I thought it was funny, because it was like, it was like, oh, was he getting into character as he was rolling up to the uh, to the meet? But uh, but yeah, so, well, what we, what we kind of take away from this is that Elizabeth's been recuperating, but uh, Phillips had to keep working, and he's without his partner. Yeah. He's not doing too, too hot by himself. I mean, you know, we've certainly never seen him have a mission go that that far off the rails when he's working with Elizabeth on it. So then we're back at the at, at <laughs> oop, hello, the hell was that? Don't worry, fingernail. Yeah, you gross person. I vacuum when there's clear space. Oh, so never. I <laughs> in this room. <laughs> I have vacuumed in this room before. Like since we've lived here? Yes. <laughs> Not like when this room was filled with kitchen cabinets to be installed? Correct. <laughs> okay, so anyway. I'm not buying another oven. I'm saying if we ever move, I'm not buying another amazing o- oven stove. Why not? Because I don't want to. Because <laughs> then somebody's going to deliver and scratch my floor again. We're talking about a derail. It's, it's totally irrelevant. I don't want to move either. I don't want to keep spending ten thousand dollars at a time on this house either for crap that we can't even really appreciate. I mean, rest assured, I'm going to be pulling up the driveway real slow <laughs> and taking a nice look at that siding once it's installed. And I'll go out and I'll stand under the eaves when it's raining and appreciate all the water running down the new gutters because. Otherwise, you'll I wanted just to ask about rain there. barrels again. I don't even care at this point. 
Let it all just run onto the ground. It's money we can <laughs> save. We can erode our foundation. Exactly. That way we can have foundation problems too. <laughs> exactly. This is a good time to talk about the movie The Money Pit. Michelle referenced it earlier, but it occurs to me that many people at this point may not have seen The Money Pit. And it is a glorious movie. I don't know if I would have seen it without you. Probably not, because I it was one of my favorites already when we when we met. And it's now I you know, I would I would have trouble recommending it because Shelley Long is kind of annoying. But Tom Hanks is amazing totally, totally in his prime in this movie. This is like top shelf Tom comedy Tom Hanks. Yes. Very much so. You know, he's this is right in the same era as uh, Splash, a couple years before Big. You know, this this is primo. What young, about Bachelor Party? Uh, this is post Bachelor Party. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think that was '85, maybe. Not a lot of people know Bachelor Party, or maybe I'm just trying to give myself credit. No, I think I mean these days. You know, we're old now, so there's lots of movies that that we know that. These kids today aren't as familiar with. Is that why we don't have viewers? We're too old or listeners. <laughs> this is a great clip. I hope it's the whole setup for it and everything. Oh, perfect. Perfect. He's trying to heat up water to take upstairs to pour into the bathtub because there's no running water upstairs. So he's heating a metal pail of water on the stove. I'm guessing there's no hot water. He's a lawyer, so oh, he's wait, sitting there going to read a contract. And he flips the lights on. It's like an electrical fire starting. And so it's running the length of the kitchen, blowing out outlets. <laughs> Tiles are flying off the wall. The blender goes haywire and then melts. <laughs> popcorn pop, I love popcorn they had bobber. These, yeah, they had all these hot all these small appliances plugged in. I mean like liquid in the blender so that make sure that it was he unplugs the coffee pot just in time, but leaves the TV plugged in. And as Julia Child is showing him how to do a flambe, <laughs> the TV explodes. There's a there's a turkey cooking in the oven while this is happening. Yes. And flies out. From one side of the house to the other. Into the bathroom. <laughs> Steven Spielberg produced this movie. Little problem in the kitchen. Nothing trivial. Well, the turkey's done. So is the kitchen. Actually, it's a little overdone for my taste. Let's not go there again. You don't want to tell me what happened? No, I don't. I just want to relax in a nice, lukewarm bath. What about this? I don't think that can hurt us anymore. Can be our toilet in the hall bath one day. <laughs> this is so close to home for when we installed had the guy install the 
the power cord for our or the the outlet for our microwave oven that we then turned on and it immediately shorted out and we find out that totally like basically fried the motherboard on the stupid thing yeah we get this spoiler hopefully nobody with samsung is aware of this uh yeah this we buy this fancy new microwave and of course it's got all this technology in it so there's like a motherboard in this damn microwave and uh the repair guy comes out and he's like well well, hell, this thing's fried. Like there's a, there's like a giant burn mark in the middle of the motherboard. <laughs> he was a good dude. He swapped it out. I mean, the thing was practically brand new, so he he treated it like an out of the box failure, which was which was kind of him because the real situation was that the moron electrician that we hired, super nice guy, but you know, lots of simpletons are super nice. He installs. Uh, we replaced a vent hood with a microwave above the oven. He assumed, ding, 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 assumed. Keyword. He could just take the pigtailed supply line for electricity from this old vent hood, and that would be fine. He could just use that to create the new outlet that we requested to be in the cabinet above where the microwave was going to be installed. Didn't test once he was done. Test. Me, Michelle Worsh, as a very tester type person, like actually trained. Yes, been kind of trained in that. Quality assurance. Quality assurance. Yes, did not test said outlet prior to leaving the premises and being like, okay, yeah, feel free to go ahead and have you know Lowe's come out and install your microwave and you know not burn down your house now granted we did not have a proper requirements document that defined that this should be a 110 volt outlet true However, but he knew what was going there it was very clear that it was it was being installed for a conventional microwave to plug into an outlet and the outlet that he installed was a 110 outlet what the, what he what he didn't do was pay attention or pull out his damn tester and see that what he had done was taken a 220 volt, so twice the voltage uh, supply line, and put it into a uh, a 110 outlet, and uh, and so yes, of course it fried the microwave as soon as it was plugged in. I couldn't understand why the moment I opened the door on the microwave, that the light came on inside the microwave, and then immediately the bulb exploded. <laughs> Yes, I'm out like picking up, um, what was, I think I was picking up some lights for the kitchen to actually have, like for the pantry and yeah. um, over our table, and I get this text of like, something, how, how the microwave suddenly not working, I'm like, what do you mean it's not working, what do you mean it's not heating things up or turning on at all? I Yes, I've used this once before, apparently yeah. the one time I fried it. Yeah, it was it was super brilliant. I mean, yeah, I would yeah. This should be electricity or electrician one hundred and one is you should test everything you install. I mean, it's electricity. It's not like it's. I mean, keep in mind this this is a forty year old house. Most of the wiring in this house is aluminum wiring because of the age of the house, and so the you know the the system overall is 
there's a lot of things to watch out for. Like you have to be careful that you use the right connectors and all that. So you don't end up setting this up to have a damn electrical fire. And what does he do? He, he puts twice the voltage into this outlet. So the one outlet in the whole house that we should have expected would be great because it's brand new and just installed is in fact, probably the biggest death trap in the entire house. <laughs> We're just lucky that we plugged that microwave into it and caught it right away and not much, much later. Yes. He ended up coming and running a brand new line all the way back to the breaker box to properly get us a 110 outlet. I say all the way back to the breaker box. Did he just tie it into one of the other outlets he installed? Probably. Probably so. All I know is the microwave hasn't exploded again since then, so I believe all is well. Yeah. But for the longest time, because it took him forever to come back out and fix it and make it right, we had Multiple an health extension problems. cord uh, coming out of the... <laughs> Coming out of the cabinet above the microwave, running down alongside another cabinet under the <laughs> to go to the above the counter outlet on the wall, and so that was super classy. We had that, had that extension cord for I don't know a there, month, two. There's months. a picture of it. We'll probably put in show notes. Definitely a picture of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting to kind of really be able to truly laugh about the situation. Yeah, it's only been about a year and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I'm chuckling because, yeah, it's either that or cry about it. <laughs> One of the two, I'm choosing to giggle. Now I have to find the clip when he's stuck in the carpet because that might be my favorite part of the entire movie. Okay, here we go. Stuck in the floor is the name of this clip. This Spoiler is my, alert. This is my favorite moment in the entire movie. So what I would recommend to people is watch this clip, and if you do not like it, do not watch the movie. Because it's everything that's great about the movie. Hello! 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 I'm here! Are you in there, Fielding? Yes! I, I'm here. My, my chest is constricted. I can't shout. <laughs> okay, Fielding. I can hear you in there laughing at me. Mr. Zit, you duck fart! I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. You hear me, feeling? <laughs> yes, I hear you. Nobody laughs at Montgomery. This is it, you duck fart. Oh, that's not even the best part of it. Oh, okay, so that wasn't even the whole thing, but that was still pretty great. Okay, I won't. I won't do any more. But there's 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 no shortage of great clips from the Money Pit. I encourage anyone to watch them. I think I'll just title this episode The Money Pit. <laughs> we could just uh, talk on and on about the house, but... Uh, it is The Money Pit, we know, currently. We know that this house uh, has the opportunity to be really great. Amazing. And that's why we bought it. We knew it needed work. Not this much. Well, we knew it needed a lot of work, but... We, we didn't know it cost us much. <laughs> I wouldn't say that either. I mean, we had the exact conversation we had at one point was, do we want to buy a house that costs $200,000 and is worth $200,000? Or do we want to buy a house that's $200,000 and with 
forty or fifty thousand dollars of work can be a three hundred plus thousand dollar house. Yeah. It will give us the space and the property and all that, and that's exactly why we bought the place. And all those reasons are still true. Even with what we've already done, it's worth far more than we paid for it. Which is a nice change of pace considering we got to write a check to sell the last house that we <sighs> that we lived in. <laughs> Uh, let's not even go with that. The real estate market is awesome. Northwest Arkansas rules. <laughs> this renter. Be, be a renter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't fault uh, the, the one guy I work with who uh, he and his family have chosen to, to rent, uh, having just moved to the area. And I, I said, hey, every time I write a check for something related to my house, I uh, I think about you and your rental. and <laughs> And how, how nice that might be. Yes, keep talking to him. He'll be a renter for life at the rate we're going. He'll be like, no, they'll never want to do that. No, he just won't buy a 40-year-old house <laughs> is what he'll do. He's probably saving up to actually probably build his own. They'll, they'll, they'll do it right. Um, but anyway. Apparently we did it wrong. I still think we made the right call. This house has character. It does. There's not another house like it. In this entire area, you can't go three three doors, you know, because what we could have done is bought like Elizabeth and, Phillips, the street. <laughs> Elizabeth and Phillips place where every house is identical. Yes. There's plenty of those neighborhoods around. Or even build in one of those neighborhoods where you choose from one of five. There were plenty of neighborhoods with houses in the 180 to 200 range that were basically brand new or in the process of being built. On top of each other. On top of each other, and they were 60% the size of this house. Granted, they would have had garages, which might have been kind of nice. Yeah. One but, day. It's in the plan. That they touch garages now, that's, like so, in So what, what people should 2030. take away from this. Yes, that's right. This is the 2030 <laughs> plan. Uh, what people should take away from this is Dan and Michelle mostly are just frustrated that the order that we kind of had in our heads about how we wanted to do things to this house is not what's panned out. And that's the main thing to learn is that where remodeling is concerned and fixing an old house is concerned, you need to be flexible in your plan because you might think, okay, well, first we're going to do the kitchen and then next we'll do the living room and living room. And then, you know, we'll just kind of work our way through the house. Well, no, you're going to just basically, you're going to fix a, remodel a room, and then you're going to fix a lot of outside crap, and then you're going to fix underneath your house so that what you just beautified and actually was able to still remain standing can still not sink into the hole in the ground. <laughs> the thing to understand <laughs> is that there's a lot of things that your house might need that you're not going to appreciate on a daily basis. Like I was talking about the siding and the gutters earlier, but you know, if you got to yeah, wait until we do the crawl space. Actually, you know, you what won't I, get to appreciate jack of that. You know what I do appreciate on a daily basis? That new septic pump that we installed, because I appreciate every time I flush the <laughs> toilet and it actually flushes. I appreciate that. Hey, pretty soon you'll get to appreciate a toilet that flushes your turds down the. Down into the pump yeah, thing. Actually, say turds. You could just said you know that that actually flushes completely or something like that. No, I have to say your turds because your turds. Oops, sorry specific, about that. 
specifically your turds have had some problems lately. The only reason since in it is about a year and a half. <laughs> the only reason it is specifically my turds is because you refuse to use that toilet to take a dump. Every once in a while I've used it and I've sometimes I have the special kind of turds that you have <laughs> come out of me and have problems flushing. I mean it even I'll admit there's even times where it doesn't even completely flush the toilet paper. And probably because I didn't hold down the flusher long enough for the five minutes that it probably really needed <laughs> having a pressure. And even if I did hold it down long enough and then like fall asleep trying to flush the toilet, it probably still wouldn't have had the enough It's a very power. slow toilet <laughs> with a very large tank. And so it... Uh, and I think we've discussed this we where like... We just the innards of this toilet. But we realized pretty early on that, like, it, the, the toilet itself is, is might be original to the house. It's old. And so it's probably not original to the house, but I bet it's at least 20 years old. That's it's bad. But I think we've discussed how, like, like, even through the, like, you can flush it one time, but then, like, the next flush might be a little bit more powerful. Like, every time you flush, there's, like... Sometimes it's less powerful than the previous. Yeah, there's a flush. weird. It's like there's a weird calculus that's happening inside this toilet where, like, every third flush is like a decent enough flush to get uh, even like get toilet paper. Where like on like just shoom like super fast. And then sometimes and I, then sw- like I swear you can just like hold it down. It's be... just like going. I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah. I'm just gonna spin here. <laughs> And swirl the word water around. Well, I don't know if I've shared the this. The basin of the toilet. Is that a basin? The bowl. Bowl. It's the bowl of the toilet. What's the basin? The basin is the sink. Okay. So. Hey, so at least it's a bathroom terminology. This now, this tip is only going to be valid for about another week. Oh, Fingers crossed that the plumber shows us planned. Or have you not scheduled it yet? She hasn't gotten back with me. I need to do a follow-up. Yes, that's important. Um, Along with our heathen there guy. Well, I mean, he's going to show up whenever he wants some dang money. Well. He's he's already done <laughs> he's already done the majority of the work. Sometimes you and get he, weird shady people and they just do some work. people want to do a little work on the side, they're going to cut you a deal. Um, but if they opt to like not actually collect and not show up to complete the job... Then yeah, we're not you gonna a, like chase them down. I mean, I'll probably give him a courtesy text. I mean, we're probably gonna give the guy a little extra on top of whatever he, you know. <laughs> I don't know anymore if we can anyway. afford that. Well, yeah, depends on if he comes before or after <laughs> the siding is done. Like just a little tip, guy. Um, you might want to come sooner rather than later, depending on I'm how much sure of a bonus you want. Him, you know, some, you know, something from around the house. You know. <laughs> How does he feel about an old film camera? <laughs> no. Um, Would you like to make him a a little tiny? Um, oh, a, a little pocket notebook. Yes. Would you like to make him a pocket Michelle notebook? Michelle was opening and closing her hands. I thought she was doing. This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. But in fact, she was pantomiming a uh, like a field notes sized pocket notebook. This is a sometimes hobby of mine where I make a little notebook as referenced on the episode of road work when John Roderick opened the package we sent him and it had a pillowcase that Michelle made for his daughter and it had a little notebook that I had made for him. 
That could have been a giveaway item for episode 10. To make it have gotten that pocket notebook made made by Dan Warsh. I've got I've got a couple of partially finished ones right here with uh, pictures from an old Sears catalog uh, uh, as the cover. So maybe by episode 20, maybe we could get a, a few prints from the Americans. Well, yeah, I guess we could do that. Maybe so. Um, you know, if we're not still trying to record episode 13 about the second season. So I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you an important tip about the toilet upstairs. Okay. This tip is only valid until the new toilet is installed because the new toilet is going to be glorious and you're just going to barely touch the the handle and it's going to go shoot. It's going to be super power flush. It is a Kohler. It is. I noticed that it had a bold look. I mean, the bold look of Kohler. Oh. You know, that says it right on the box. Um, we did not go with a dual flush system because we heard from our plumber who works with the... I don't know if you're allowed to say that. I'm not saying what his name. Just, what if he doesn't want to reveal that? Did I say let's his just, name? Let's just say that we have a trusted plumber. He, we uh, have a very good plumber who works for a a very distinguished place in Nashville. Well, that's irrelevant. My point is that he has done good work for us already. He's reasonably priced, and we trust his opinion. And when he t- when we uh, Michelle mentioned the possibility of getting a dual flush toilet, um, he cautioned against it strongly because it's essentially just more stuff to go wrong with the toilet. Because if you if you do a number two and you accidentally hit a one. Then, and then you were like, oh, gosh, no, crap. I got to do it too. And this is like all too much water. Then you're overflowing and bad, 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 bad with overflowing of number two. No, don't want to do yes, that. Considering we have a small child who may not fully comprehend the you know the inner workings of the toilet, you just get the old style. Or when, or when your senile parents come to visit. And, and well, the fact of the matter is, any new toilet that's manufactured now is going to be a low flow toilet and is, you know, even for a full flush every time is going to use probably a quarter of the water that a single flush of our current toilet is using. I want to say 1.6 liter per flush. Usually 1.6 gallons, I think is the... Per gallon, sorry. Yeah, I think it's gallons. Wait, I think it's four liters. It was was like 1.6 gallon yeah, but then it was that's the standard. But then it was four point like four point two five liter per flush because I think one of the other ones I was looking at was six, and the guy I was trying to look at me like I was crazy, like a six liter per flush versus a four liter. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if our current toilet's six gallons. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're looking forward to. So here's what you need to know: currently, for the next however many days. If you are pulling the handle down, don't pull it all the way and hold it all the way down. You start the flushing process, but then release it about halfway and and hold your hand there. Okay, you, so I don't go all the way. Well, I've, you start it all the way and then come back up about halfway. Uh, so it's so down all the, the way to start flowing. 100 and then back to 50. Yes. And what I've found is by not by allowing less of the water that's in the tank to be coming into the bowl, which is what you're doing by kind of holding the flapper half closed, is you're allowing the vortex to start creating to actually suck down the toilet hole. Vortex. Yes, that's what the swirling action is called. 
I just wanted to say vortex. I just wanted to say toilet hole because that's what I I don't know what the technical term is. I thought for you called the, it throat. Well, the throat is down like the hole is the opening. <laughs> the, to throat the throat is here. Yes, the throat. <laughs> if my mouth is the hole of the toilet, then the throat is 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 exactly that. It's the throat. <laughs> I don't know that we need to talk about the Americans anymore. I think okay. we're having a much more interesting conversation without the, without the show this recap. Is this, this, in, in between episodes or seasons one and two, it's just a Dan and Michelle show. No, I think... And their craziness. I think over time what's going to happen is that spousal privilege is going to be become about a, not much and much less to do with whatever particular TV show. I've wondered, I've thought this might might start happening. Because I think already the most fun parts of the show are, are the are the weird rabbit holes and digressions that we go on. Because um, I don't think, I mean, anybody that's watched the show, these are episodes of the show that have aired, you know, years ago. That's why we don't so have people listeners. Aren't, people aren't coming us, to us as the source to like get the latest <laughs> speculation about the Americans because we're two years behind. So what you're saying is now we can just like really just catch up on the show and then every Friday, Saturday night we just talk. I'm fine with that. <laughs> and we can talk about whatever we watched all week long. If if, if if this was just a means to get you to sit down with me once a week and talk <laughs> on the show, well, we, maybe we should call it... Uh, we, what we should, was great this week? What <laughs> was great this week? Every, I think I've said this on the show before, but every night I have a reminder to ask Michelle one question and I ask her what was great today. And the rule is that we both have to come up with something that was great today. Sometimes I have a very hard time. Sometimes it is a difficult. I'll tell you what was great today. What was great today was that uh, we were able to process uh, a couple thousand payments and uh, pay changes to people. Uh, and we are ahead of schedule on the two-week process that, uh, very good. that my team is working on. So um, this is the, you know, without getting into too much boring, you know, HR compensation speak. Blah, blah, blah. Anybody, wah, 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 anybody wah, wah. who has ever worked or does work for a company where you get an annual review and then a pay increase, uh, there's a team somewhere that has to make all those pay changes. And, and go crazy. In the case of my company that I work for, it is it is me and the team that works uh, for and with me. And so we uh, we have a about a two and a half to three week really busy time uh, every year, and there's there's months of work to lead up to it, and then it's just a couple of weeks of really solid busy time. And so it's been like six weeks. Well, that's been the lead up part that I was referring <laughs> to. We are now about half done with the final processing work, um, which is why I'm going in on Sunday this weekend to. Uh, to do what that the point of that is is that uh is the one gentleman and i on the team agreed that we would like to uh put in a couple hours a few hours on sunday to hopefully save ourselves from having to have any ridiculously long days uh for this coming week because monday tuesday wednesday of this coming week are pretty packed with deliverables so all told we've got about 40,000 pay increases to process and there's those are divided up into several different groups with different rules and validations we have to complete and all that so that's what's kind of underway so those three days you just mentioned are those still gonna be six hour I mean six six o'clock 
departure days. I mean, that's, as you've noticed recently, you know, it's been more 5.30 to 6 departures for me than than 5 o'clock departures for me. So I would bank on that uh, for at least the first half of next week. (sighs) Hopefully for you, uh, you have less days with the child uh, that are like today (laughs) and more good days. Because it does bum me out when I'm having a busy, long day at work, and I know you're having a tough day with uh, with her. Like it doesn't help with Pippi Treasures. It's work, hard. It's workness. hard to, to to treasure her when she's being <laughs> when she's being a turd burglar. It's hard to make my customer happy and get her stuff to her. So I can That's make, true. You're working on a big order right now. I got two. Mul- I got two orders. orders. Yeah. I got two orders that need to be done, and two on the way. Well, I mean, if we when we wrap this up, if we if I need to leave you alone and let you do that for a little bit, I'll prep in the morning and okay, might have some special child times tomorrow before well, you ditch me on Sunday. That and I mean, when we uh, um, we will not stay up entirely too late tonight, and then uh, you'll be able to get up early in the morning with me. Okay, I try to get. I'm trying to get back into the like six a.m. weekend wake up habit. Pretty much what was great for me today. Was my bonus field points on the prescription I had filled <laughs> at Kroger that was 100% covered from our insurance. I didn't pay anything, but I still got 50 field points. That's pretty much the highlight of my day. The fact that I didn't even pay for anything and I got something for free after hearing the thousands of dollars I need to spend on my house and the fact <laughs> yes. that I had a crying child inside Kroger. That's true. And um, embarrassed myself to where I never want to go to the most awesome Kroger closest to our house. Well, that's okay. It's still on the way home from work for me, so I can always stop there if I need to. Oh, I'll just be doing some weekend shopping or making sure I have enough coupons to cover my $5 fee of online ordering. Yeah, that thing's pretty cool. They do the, uh, you order online and then you pull into one of the designated, uh, Spaces. What do they call it? They have a name for the program. Something Click clever. Clicking something. Clipping. Click and pick. Click, click and save. Click list. Listen, click. Click something. It's definitely something. Click. I think it's a click list. I mean, I could Google it. No, I'm pulling it up on my Kroger app. Oh, okay. I thought you were pulling the iPad out. Um, oh, I already said my good thing or my great thing today. So that's the so the spirit of the what click was, list. Click list. Okay. That was very close. I don't know. They've got banners all over the parking lot. Say clicking something. Did I say click list? You, I think you said click list at one point. Future Dan, you can tell me whether or not I really did say that. No, Future Dan has to edit more stuff out. Actually, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave that in. I'm trying to also make this to where it is way less editing. Because that's why our double episode for the end of season one took two weeks for me to finish editing and put out because it was very long and there were lots of little edits. It's okay. We're both going to get better at our microphone technique over time. And we're also going to pause less (laughs) and talk over each other less. So that way there's less editing required. Yes. I don't know. After listening to the first part of this week's road work, I'm thinking we might need to figure out how to get our, um, you know, well, it's, it'll be down the road a ways. Once we've remodeled uh, a bathroom 
and uh, we can have a nice uh, big bathtub somewhere in the house that would fit me in it. But I think I'm going to need a I'm going to need a bathtub microphone rig like uh, like John Roderick. It sounds very relaxing. He paused in the conversation at one point so he could add more hot water to the bath because it was starting. <laughs> it was getting a little cool. Oh goodness! That's a good bath technique for anybody that uh, that is not a pro bather like John Roderick is. Every now and then, you need to let out a little bit of water as the bath is is you know getting a little cooler, and then fill with uh, with hot and let it bring the temp back up. He should have posted in the show notes like how pruney his fingers were. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, let's Twitter him right now and suggest that. I don't know. I've got forty minutes left of the episode. Maybe he, uh, <laughs> maybe he does. I should look in the show notes. Yes, you should look in the show notes. They were talking about all these '80s movies, and he and Dan Benjamin kept uh, mixing up what was what. He was talking about how, in retrospect, Pretty in Pink is kind of racist, and uh, and all this. And I was like, I think he's talking about Sixteen Candles. And finally, he was like, Oh wait, Sixteen Candles. <laughs> all right, so. I'm referencing you. I'm saying my lady M. Worsh is curious about how pruny your fingers were by the end of this week's road work. I mean, was he taking a bath for like podcast? Like a vapor rub bath or something? Like something to help clear his whatever was going on? He has a a long and uh, he has a long tradition of uh, enjoying long baths. He's talked to Merlin about it many times. I mean, the episode was an hour and 50 minutes long. (laughs) So I'm going to assume that he was quite, uh, uh, quite pruny by the end of it. He's on the West Coast, so it's not too late for him. We might actually get a reply. Ooh. Might be like a reply. I don't get those very well, many. You, you never look at Twitter, so yeah, how would you even know? I'll let you know. Still, it might happens. still alert me. I don't know. We'll see. So I see in your notes. Can I just skip to something that I say in your yes, notes? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was going to like whiz through the episode. We're not, we don't have to talk about all my notes. So I see where you think. I didn't think of this with Phil hiding, possibly hiding money from Elizabeth. Yeah, I mean, do you recall this? Part yeah, of I recall episode? it. I thought that it was it was a little bit of a throwaway, but I thought they put it in there for a reason, and I think it's going to come out later on because at the end of season one, Stan tried to tell his uh, surprise his wife with a vacation that he, that Phil had helped him book some big expensive trip, and the beginning of this episode uh, when they get back home. They end up going to a, it's a birthday party for Henry. Yeah. Yes. It's Henry's birthday party because he thought maybe his mom was going to miss it, but she was yeah. surprised she's there for it. Because then and they were, he was kind of upset when they decided to go he, out on yes, a date. They were going to be going out on a date, uh, even though it was his birthday, he was bummed out. Um, really, they went out to go on a mission, but, um, uh, but Philip catches Stan at the at the party because they're doing it's like a barbecue at the like in the neighborhood where the condo is, and he hands Stan an envelope and lets him know it's a full refund, and Stan's surprised because he didn't think he'd be able to get you know 
you know, much of any of his money back. He thought it was non-refundable. But uh, Philip's like, you know, don't worry. You know, it was kind of a mess. Had to, you know, deal with some paperwork. But sorry, I killed your. Refund. Sorry, I killed your. You know, counterpart on the force. <laughs> <laughs> this is a yeah. Sorry about Amador. No, um, but basically, Philip's saying, you know, hey. You're taking care of it. it's a full refund. So he's very clear with Stan that it's, I mean, it's a complete refund. And there's a, this, yeah, this scene at the travel agency later that, you know, Elizabeth's back at work with Philip and she asks something about Stan getting a refund or getting money back. And he specifically says that Stan got a voucher when we know that he gave Stan cash because right. Stan was so surprised. It wasn't just a, hey, redeem this for another trip later. So I was, I thought that was weird. Yeah. What I'm thinking is weird now is like, so they got like a babysitter back to the birthday party mission thing. So babysitter comes. So I'm now wondering at what point does the babysitter just like leave and the parents aren't back? Or do they actually come back and well, it seems like sometimes like like we were we were talking about how like the kids kinda know not to go to mommy and daddy's room. Right. Or or is that the times that they sneak out? That's when they're sneaking out. Okay. In this case, the babysitter they got back. They must have released the babysitter. Um, because this was the night right. where Paige walked in on... Paige was still trying to be all snoopy and wondering, kind of being suspicious of... She had already found Mom and Dad's room empty one time, and so she thought she was going to find Mom and Dad's room empty again. Because I think... Then she, oh, she woke up. Then she wake up, Henry said, I don't think Mom and Dad are back or something yeah. like that. And uh, she was wrong. My note said... They were there. Yeah, my note says, nosy page is nosy. <laughs> she goes to mom and dad's room and opens the door, and mom and dad are buck naked, 69ing on the bed. Saying, nice of you, daddy's booty. Yes, it's a clever television 69 where they're on their sides. They're like vertical so you, yeah, to their bed where they would sleep. And then you see Elizabeth's head poke up. <laughs> And then her eyes get really wide, like, oh, sh oh, shit. And then, like... We've scarred our daughter for life. And, and Phil's kind of like, does he kind of, like, look over his shoulder or something? Like, he kind of... He's kind of like, oh? <laughs> what he was really like was like, why'd you stop? <laughs> what? What's hey, there? I was, oh, hey, I was enjoying that. <laughs> oh, but before this, oh, my goodness, we do have to talk about the mission they went on on the date night. Because this this getting caught having the sex in their room happened after they got home from their their mission, uh, yeah. which was, uh, which was Elizabeth and another lady double teaming this super nerdy looking dude, airport security guy or something. No, he was oh. he was doing some kind of research for the air force. Oh, okay, not airport. Sorry, um, and. So they're, I mean, Elizabeth is super naked, like on on top of the dude, and the other gal is in the mix, and all of a sudden, 
the hotel room door busts open and it's Philip and uh and some other guy we haven't met yet and they 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 announce themselves as Air Force security and the girls run out and get their clothes and and leave or the one guy tells him he like walks out in the hallway with him and he's like yeah you know don't you, go, you don't, guys don't go anywhere yeah don't go anywhere we'll, we'll talk to you next and and but it's clear they're all in on it together and the and the ladies slink away and uh, it's all a setup so these guys are now uh, trick the this air force researcher dude into giving like all of his secret information to them and he's gonna like you know he's gonna be checking in with them so they, they basically unwittingly turn this dude into a informant essentially right. uh, yeah it was gonna be a head- it was so great because they're like so uh you know, do you have a lot of three ways? And he's like, <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, what, what made you think these, what do you think these ladies were interested in you for? And he's like, uh, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's like realized that he's, he's a giant loser. And of course his security clearance is the only reason they would uh, be trying to get in his pants. <laughs> Can this get us? So the other thing I had to tell you was there's a note in my, and there's a thing in my notes about WKRP in Cincinnati, because that's what the kids were watching with the babysitter on TV. And at work today, uh, there was some conversation. There's a lady at the office who I guess last weekend for Easter, she must, she goes to one of these mega churches around here, I guess. And she took some days off to help them prepare for their Easter festivities. She does a lot of church activities. So that's not uncommon for this lady. You've never met her, you know, so uh, I was trying to picture who this would be. You can't picture her because you've never seen exactly. her. And so uh, one of the things she described was this church. You may have heard this because I can't imagine a lot of churches locally here do this. God, why? Was it that one? <laughs> that is an actual church in, in the Nashville area. God, why? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think it was that one. They um, have a helicopter and they release 20,000 Easter eggs. Benfield did from, something from that at one point. And it's some giant spectacle. Anyway. Why didn't we go? We were talking about this, and it reminded me of the WKRP in Cincinnati Thanksgiving episode. Do you remember this? With the turkeys in the helicopter? I don't think so. Okay, hang on. Wandered away to the kingdom. I'm living on the edge, Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. Let's see how much of it is here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Les Nessman. So did you know, did you watch WKRP in Cincinnati? It seems like I saw a few episodes, but I I don't think I was. I don't know that I've seen them all, but I I definitely saw a lot of them. I think it was one of those shows where my grandmother watched it and she and I had a lot of bonding time watching television together. And I remember her really enjoying it. The thing about it is I'm pretty sure to this day it hasn't, it, it doesn't air anywhere in its original form because they don't have the rights to the music. 
and they because they played a ton of like just like in that clip um you know he was he, he said a little bit into the mic and then he flipped the music on but they didn't they didn't have the rights to re-air it um or maybe they did in syndication but it's it's not really been i think released on dvd or if it has been it was uh it was not released with the original music kind of the same problem as uh northern exposure mm. A lot of these shows where they had a, like a radio component and there was a lot of pop music and things like that playing. Well, um, Spin City. Or it was a problem. They do. What was Spin City? Thinking about news radio. Or news radio. It was it was a talk radio station, so okay. that was probably less of a problem. But the uh, I think that's why you see so many shows today where the music is a big component of the show. So you like a Glee or an Empire or these other things where they've negotiated all these things up front. And so they won't have an issue with that going forward. Now they think about those things ahead of time or they, they pay for the right licenses and it's a, you know, they can use it over and over again. But, uh, but it's unfortunate because there's some great old shows like this and there's just not good ways to see them um, without terrible edits or like the problem with the Northern Exposure situation was they, they released it on DVD, but they had lots of like really bad alternative music tracks in instead that, weren't nearly as good. So when they decided to let the chick start singing things, <laughs> was that added talking in about Shelley? Oh, God, yeah, they had some. They had more than one musical yes. episode of uh, Northern Horrible. Exposure. It was pretty weird. I thought they were funny. Horrible. So Paige catches them in the '69. That was a thing, and we did get a little bit where Stan is still hung up on trying to find the Russian couple. That, yeah, that they had the terrible sketch of in the in the season finale of season one. Yeah, because he's in the the room, the vault or whatever, and can, because they have like the pictures up or something, right. and he's kind of like spacing out, and even Captain Mole is just kind of like, um, <laughs> you mean Agent John Boy? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the nicer name that we, we were giving him. <laughs> Sorry. I can't remember what it was, but I remember he had a mole. Well, he he's, yeah, he's trying to tell Stan that, hey, sometimes trails go cold. Our information is, um, oh, actually, no, he, he gets, uh, Stan gets information from Nina uh, when we see them meet the next time. And Nina tells him, hey, the woman died of her injuries. Yeah. And the man got exfiltrated. And so Stan... I don't think is totally satisfied by that, especially because the uh, Sanford dude, who's the guy that was uh, trying to rat on Elizabeth, right, in in the last season, the one that got interrogated by Stan, or he left him to fester in the interrogation room. Um, he shows up, and Stan believes him when he says that he was telling the truth. But Stan knows nobody else is going to believe this Sanford guy because he's a he's a deadbeat with all these gambling debts, and he's they, people think he's just trying to tell a story to get a payoff from the FBI. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, this other couple. I was about to say that this other spy couple because that was kind of the important thing about this episode. Yeah. So that job they pulled earlier where they were uh, messing with that uh, Air Force dude tag teaming. The other lady and guy turns out they're another director at S undercover Russian spy couple. And they 
apparently know Philip and Elizabeth. But they're like normally not from the area. Right. They're only visiting town. Right. Uh, so they're, yeah, they don't live in Virginia or in the Washington, D.C. area. But uh, they're but they've worked with, with them kids. before. And they've got three kids, I think, was how many they have. Yeah, like one college son, and then two younger kids, and so they were catching up after the job was over. And they uh, they say, "Hey, we're going to be at, like the amusement park before we leave town. It'd be great to see your family." And they they agree that each one of them wants to see their other other one's family. And they ended up, turns out they can't really meet and talk because they can't, they have to pretend they don't know each other, but they kind of find a way of spotting each other in the amusement park. And uh, Elizabeth and Philip and this other couple both get a chance to kind of uh, get a good look at the other ones, uh, their friends with their, with their kids. And so that's, you know, kind of all they get. But then the other dude catches Philip off by himself and lets him know, Hey, I was supposed to be doing a, a, a like a pass, a, a brush pass, but I think they've made me. So I can't, I can't do it. I need you to do it for me. And so he tells him, you know, Hey, here's this hat. You gotta be wearing this hat. That's what the guy's looking for. Oh, and he's looking for somebody with a, uh, with a boy with him. So yeah, so he had to have Henry with them. And well, and Philip's reaction is, hey, we don't use our kids. Right. Period. And the guy's like, hey, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, that's, you have to. Like, you know, basically don't have a choice. And Philip doesn't like it, but he, uh, he goes back over and kind of retrieves Henry, makes up something like, hey, let's go get some ice cream or something. And... So he's walking Henry with him and they complete the brush pass with the guy. It's really clever. The other family like runs block. So the people that are trailing the guy that that's doing the handoff can't see anything about who he's handing off to. And so they think they've, they've nailed it. It was super tense though. Yes. Like I thought everybody was going to get like somehow Henry was going to screw it up because he was going to like, you know, not want to be with his dad for a minute or something. Some gunshots were going to like start flying off. Yeah, in the middle of this busy amusement park. Um, and so Philip gets back with Elizabeth and explains like, "Hey, I'm sorry. We, you know, it was you know, it was all you know needed to happen immediately. I you know I didn't I didn't like using the kids, but uh, but I had to." And because the, don't they have to then meet up with them to give them the stuff? Yeah, so they he's got to hand off the whatever they got in the past was some kind of code thing. And so he had to, he was supposed to drop it off at the hotel. So, um, Elizabeth and Philip give the kids some money and say, Hey, you know, have fun in the amusement park. We'll, we'll catch you in a minute. And they go to the hotel to meet the other couple. And when they get to their hotel room, bloodbath, the whole freaking family is dead. Or, well, I guess uh, we see the parents and two of the kids. Yeah. And I mean, it is, you know, headshots all around. No doubt about it. Everybody is just dead as hell. The room is a wreck. Mm -hmm. So somebody's been tossing the room trying to find something. I mean, like, people are just kind of like laying on the bed, like almost like half on or like yeah dangling I mean, from like a chair. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very dead. Just like, I mean, 
obviously, you know, taken by surprise and just right, you know, like wasn't like, you know, fell. we're going to hold you down here and you're going to die. Yeah, it walk like, in, ch- 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 done. Yeah, it wasn't like execution style or right. whatever. It was just like they surprised him. Good point. Um, so Philip, I mean, they're freaking out, Philip and Elizabeth, but Philip does uh, go ahead and he kind of, he knows where to look in the room. He gets into the lining of one of the suitcases and finds some kind of cipher uh, that, that apparently was, um, or something with, with the code that was in the, the aspirin bottle that he got handed. Right. Um, and then wipes things down. Yeah, he wipes down all the, because, uh, oh, because he immediately turns to Elizabeth and tells her to go, go find the kids and make sure they're safe. So she bolts. Right. He wipes the room down, finds the code thing. And then he leaves, and just as he's getting down to the end of the hallway, the oldest son of that mm-hmm. family is like get coming out of the stairwell. It like had been like swimming in the pool or something, and just as Philip is going into the stairwell, the kid is like going into his room and he's like starts screaming and freaking out because he's just his whole life is ruined. He just found yeah. all four of his family members murdered. The kids were fine. Or yeah, pa- they, Paige they and Henry them. were fine. That's a, correct. A little mouth freak out over Paige. It's Elizabeth finds Henry first, and it's kind of like, where's That's your sister? Right. And she was getting some really awful face paint done. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and what was crazy that they other their couple of friends, their daughter had gotten like almost like the same face paint, I think. I think it, it was kind of... It was it was like the same. Because well, it was kind of freaking Elizabeth out. Kind right, of like, because she had just seen the girl with the same face paint shot in the head, dead in the hotel room. And so then the other kind of development in this one was that they was, there was a little exchange between Stan and Sandra. Because Stan was trying to... Uh, he got a tip from some dude at the FBI and who got him a tape of this... Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, what's the name of the a movie? Oh, it was a Meryl Streep movie. It was uh, something the officer's woman or the French lieutenant's French lieutenant's woman. I think is the name of it. Come on, yeah, there you go. Nineteen eighty one movie with Meryl Streep. Oh, and Jeremy Irons. But yeah, the guy at the FBI tells him he's like, oh yeah, guaranteed your woman will you know will be all over this. She'll you know. It was, he was basically trying to like help him score points with his lady. Well, what he didn't realize was his lady is the woman he's cheating on his wife with. And so, uh, crap, Nina. Yeah. So Nina is, it just basically makes Nina super pissed off. And, yes. And thinking that, uh, cause there's this scene in the movie where Meryl Streep is like talking about how she's just the guy's whore or whatever. And Nina's like, Oh, is that what you think of me? Because, yeah, he, he sits down with both women and watches the movie. Yeah, well, Stan thought he was going to get laid with Nina, <laughs> uh, but then he ended up just pissing her off. And so so he didn't get any on that uh, on that outing. He goes back to the house, finds um, Sandra, and uh, and she's like, uh, oh, yeah, I was just about to go out to a, a, a movie. Do you want to come along? So she essentially like asked him on a date, and then it turns out it's the same movie. <laughs> And uh, there was this weird exchange between the two of them because she was watching this guy that I just looked it up because I figured he was a real dude. Um, Dr. 
Leo Buscaglia, also known as Dr. Love, an American author and motivational speaker. And uh, she it was kind of this thing. I mean, it's sort of like something you'd see on Dr. Oz or Oprah or something, you know, these days. And he's, he was saying they, they're supposed to, you know, hug it out, basically. Like she's supposed to uh, have a hug and and then open themselves up to whatever it was, whatever this dude's BS philosophy was. But, um, but apparently they may be getting them, you know, on a more positive track. We'll see. Student suicide, what? Yeah. I don't know anything about that, but. Okay. We'll, we'll avoid the trap of just reading Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. What else? The episode ended, I mean, they were, Philip and Elizabeth had been doing really well, but then the whole dead friends thing and all that and, and the kids being in danger kind of jacked them up a little bit, I think, because the episode ended with Philip actually spending the night at Martha's house or her apartment. And Oh, notes, yeah, because Elizabeth was staying up watching the house. Right. Yes, she was like paranoid looking out the window, making sure she was thinking they were, might still be in danger. Because she was, I think she told so, Philip to go to Martha so that, you know... I guess because Martha's probably expecting her to try to stay, and she because she's like, you, "You go ahead and take care of that. Let's not ruin that cover, and then I'll stay here and." That's exactly watch the right. House. So yes, I misinterpreted my notes. It wasn't that she was ups- it, They're doing fine. She was telling him, "You you've got to keep it going with Martha. You know, you know, you guys are married now. You can't just be like not showing up." And uh, as much as she was paranoid. That's so. That's when I, my my notes said that she was pretty upset at home waiting for Philip. It's, she wasn't upset with Philip. She was upset because of the whole uh, yeah. craziness that happened <laughs> with her friends. Out. So, so yeah. So it was interesting listening back to the last episode or the two episodes ago. My speculation about the end of season one was that we weren't going to get any resolution on them getting back together, and we kind of did. Yeah. Because the because she has to come home. Yeah, he, she told him to come home. And uh, and by all you know signs in this episode, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I think they're back. And they're not just putting on a a front. No. It doesn't seem like they're not just you know fake loving on each other in front of other people. Because when the kids aren't looking <laughs> or aren't supposed to be looking, they're enjoying each other's company as they're, well. They're being a married couple, <laughs> or being a. A couple, not that only married people can do that. They're being a. What do you mean? You have to be married to have intercourse. That's not allowed if you're not. They're doing things that two people in love <laughs> are allowed to do to each other. Captain Yawnington, anything else you want to cover? Nobody was talking, so I just let it out. Oh, okay. Hmm. <sighs> that did feel nice. So we'll be on season three now of House of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah, we kind of quickly watched Speaking season some weird sexual things. Two of House of Cards. Oh yeah, with its with its crazy with our Doug alert. Season two, House of Cards. Crazy Meacham threesome. Uh, not Doug. What am I thinking, Doug? Oh, Doug's Doug's the other dude that yeah. got the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Yeah, Meacham. So so far, I gotta say. I heard a lot of I heard a lot of negative crap about 
season three of House of Cards. We're, what, like four episodes in, I think, three or four. And I'm enjoying it. It's, you know, I think a lot of people preferred, you know, cutthroat, power-hungry Frank more than President Frank. Still... It's 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 still, still Catherine he's still, he's power got, hungry. Yeah, he's still got a lot of his his stuff, and I think it's more interesting what's happening with other people. The whole this whole storyline of of Doug, you know, trying to recu- recuperate, wanting to get back into the inside, uh, you know, on the White House team, struggling with his addiction. Yeah. I, mean, I, I'm, I think it's fascinating. He's the guy, the the actor that's playing him. I think is doing a tremendous job. Very good. Um, you know, showing kind of the whole range of, of emotions with it. God, that episode where he busted his arm oh, and like gosh, taped it up in the... so he wouldn't miss his meeting at the White House. Jeez. Ugh. It was a hell of a job they did too with the with the presumably fake broken arm yeah. from the show. I would like to know how they did that. If they just CGI'd that or yeah. how they went about doing it because I mean, it, it was... Like a big old dent in his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the, the thing that was funny about that was when he went to, when he finally went to the hospital afterwards and he's talking to the doctor and he's like, why didn't you come in sooner? And he's like, he's like, I had a meeting and he's the guy, the guy's like fucking Washington. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like totally like duct taping his. He took a, he took a wooden kitchen spoon to use as a splint, yeah, and and, and just rolled it on, you know, took a roll of duct tape and wrapped it around the kitchen spoon, like and basically like kind of popping the bone back. I mean, he didn't really do that. He just kind of stabilized okay. it. Okay, but it still hurt like hell. You could tell, well, especially when the guy ripped all the tape off at the emergency. I'm just saying, as he was taping the thing, his arm. I mean, he was. I mean, that's where I say like the performance this guy's given is uh, is pretty great. Let's look him up. He deserves to have a name. Yes. We're going to talk about you, Mr. Doug. Michael. Michael Kelly, American actor. What else has he done? Uh, he was in that Dawn of the Dead remake from 2004. I don't remember which part he played, but that's good to know. He was in that Now You See Me movie with the magicians. Oh, yeah. He was on, he was on some episodes of Person of Interest. I do remember him being on that. We might have to talk about that show a little bit. It's it's final episodes are going to air a little later this year. Oh, he was on that Criminal Minds spinoff that died. The one that had, uh, what's his name? I'm kind of winking at Michelle right now because she's going to understand why when I click on this link. Forrest Whitaker. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> And what else has he been in? Oh, he was in that movie, The Adjustment Bureau. I enjoyed that movie. It didn't do very well, I don't think. He was on one episode of Fringe. Uh, we didn't watch. We haven't watched The Sopranos, but he was in that. Well, everybody remembers him as Hector in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Huh. A hodgepodge of things. Yeah, he, sounded, he looks like he's had a pretty steady career of, of small parts. It's nice to see him getting some uh, some meteor roles, though. Oh, wait a minute. Are you serious? That Everest movie last year was based on John Krakauer's book Into Thin Air. And I think he played John Krakauer in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. We wanted to see that. It's got Joe Geronimo in it. Okay. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh-huh. 
Here, let me look up the uh, mom translator. We can share that with everybody. Wow. Get you really excited with this for this SNL clip by giving you this super downer story about or commercial about trash in national parks. Thanks a lot, Subaru. Oh, I'm not gonna buy a car for me now. I can't afford one. Would you stop it with the? <laughs> we, we are not destitute. Moms, they love us and they take care of us. But one thing they can't do is remember celebrities' names. Now you don't have to waste hours a day trying to decipher which celebrity your mother is referring to with the new Mom Celebrity Translator. Simply enter the name as pronounced by your mother. Kite Carbonaw. Then enter whatever vague information your mother knows about this person. She's on TV and she's crazy. And seconds later, you'll have the translation. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, she's crazy. Think is cuter, Rabbi Ronaldo or Champ Crawdaddy? Oh, you mean Ryan Reynolds or Chase Crawford? Yeah, neither. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Who? It even works backwards. Sorry, Joe Geronimo. Oh, I love Joe Geronimo. He was so good in Breakdance Fountain. Oh, awesome! Every time you refresh the page, you get to watch that thirty-second depressing oh. Subaru ad over and over again. That's tremendous. Not, right. not exactly depressing, but like uh, find a way to scare people is some stuff we got in the mail today it was like somebody trying to sell us security stuff for our home. Oh, I didn't read the mail today. What was well, this? It was already in the trash. Oh, okay. Um, Thanks for keeping me from being scared. <laughs> our house is three times as likely to be robbed or broken into as a house that has security or whatever yeah i'd like to see their data <laughs> i'm like we're three what <laughs> i'm like i'm pretty sure nobody in on our street probably has any security <laughs> well I, just, I think it's funny because it's one of those things where it's like okay here we are in our tiny little town uh let's 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 take a look at the crime stats like you could probably craft if you had actual crime data from our tiny tiny little town you could probably send out a mailer that said like uh, you you have an infinitely greater chance of being broken <laughs> into because there's been like one robbery of a house and it was of a of a house that didn't have security and so they say you know there has never been a break-in of a house with a security system i mean it wasn't like adt it was like some i don't even remember Turd Ferguson Security Company. Like, yeah, like what it was. It was, I'm sitting there just, it was like, you know, attention, our street name, resident, or whatever. Right. Somebody bought a list of whatever. Yeah. They went in and got the county records data and created a mailing based off of it. I'm sitting there, like, what am I reading? I'm like, what? You know what the sad part about it is? They wouldn't do those kind of junk mail advertisements. If they didn't get payback on them, yeah, because like, they're not cheap to produce the postage, the printing, and oh, all yeah. that stuff, and so you know they're getting return return off that investment, and so that just blows my mind. Yeah, who's grabbing, who's getting unsolicited stuff in the mail and going, hey, I really do need a security system. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm three times as likely. This company that, you know, I mean, are they preying on the elderly who don't know any better or yeah it's it's 
I don't know. Single moms or loner, you know, people that live by themselves or whatever. I don't know. Meth cooks. Definitely those people. Who want to have a nice secure (laughs) home. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I was listening to... uh, I think it was a the one of the recent episodes of TV Talk Machine, you know, with Jason Snell and uh, Tim Goodman okay. from the Hollywood Reporter, and they were talking about uh, somebody had written an article that was saying um, it was like the 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 death of TV as you know and symptoms of the death of TV, and they said that Breaking Bad was actually a symptom of how uh, what trouble TV is in because. <laughs> They said uh, the networks are so desperate they'll even make quality shows. <laughs> like historically, that hasn't been a focus of most networks. But there's so much competition, and they're so desperate for getting ratings or whatever. They'll even stoop so low as to make a really good show <laughs> to to get people to watch. Wow, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, the the new person that's going to join the team. Um, she uh she was asked the team at work yes she was asked by one of the team members uh if if she had a theme song what would her theme song be and she was not able to answer the question it's a surprisingly tough question for people to answer i don't think any of the three uh candidates that we talked to had an had an actual answer to that question oh never mind i'm sorry one of them did the last one did um, was, did that person say the A team? No, that <laughs> <laughs> they escaped into the Los Angeles underground. That'd be amazing. I love it when a plan comes together. Um, no, the the gal that had an answer, her answer was uh, "Happy" by Pharrell was her answer which i thought was a fine answer hey at least it was an answer but anyway the person i was talking about uh, she did not have an answer to the theme song question however she did say she doesn't listen to as much music but she uh but she or i guess maybe the the question turned to okay what about uh you know like a, a favorite movie or a tv show or something and she said she doesn't watch a lot of tv she's a millennial so i was waiting for her to say like well i don't really own a tv i watch you know i stream things on my ipad or whatever but she didn't go there. She just said, I don't watch a lot of TV. She said, but I really, really enjoyed Breaking Bad. It's like, it's my favorite show. And so I was thinking, okay, this is good. And so I asked her, I said, I said, well, so I have to ask then if you're watching Better Call Saul. And she said, yes. And and so it was like, so there was, I was like, okay, good. Hired. Good, good answer. <laughs> this was not the basis for the hiring decision. <laughs> I should be very clear. These were more casual getting to know you kind of questions so what would be your answer for a theme song oh well you're you're aware of my theme song is it the final countdown no it's dj cool let me clear my throat oh yeah which i will place into the edit at this point With nothing from Hamilton, that would be your theme song at this moment? That, I mean, eventually, maybe. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. I am the 
DJ Cool, Let Me Clear My Throat, has been my designated theme song entrance music for many years now. And so, well, first of all, with Hamilton, I would have to choose like a particular song, which I would have trouble doing. You're not going to throw away your shot. Because there's so many to choose from at this point. But anyway, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your theme song? I don't know if I have one. Come on. I had to really think about this one. Maybe in the, our next episode I'll have an answer. Why don't I just open up iTunes and we look at what's highly rated or uh, most listened to? What about that? Maybe it's Sex on a Platter. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> you know that's not true. Not surprisingly, what song has the most plays in our iTunes library at 122 plays? Let Me Clear My Throat by DJ Cool. <laughs> So what's next? Um, well, see, it's a lot of songs that are on my Get Pumped playlist. When I used to listen to that in the mornings a lot on the way to work. So you've got uh, Kesha, Your Love Is My Drug, and uh, Van Halen, Panama. Oh, oh, and then apparently next, well, this was not for my Get Pumped playlist, but at 99 plays is Do You Want to Build a Snowman from Frozen. <laughs> uh, it's So actually the first three songs on the Frozen soundtrack are all at 90 plus plays. Uh, then we have Unbelievable by EMF. Uh, TikTok by Kesha. Uh, more Frozen. Oh, yeah, Clouds from The Long Winters, Putting the Days to Bed. That's a great song. That's mine, though. Oh, here's yours. It's Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Michelle had a very large collection of singles when she and I moved in together. I think we've talked about this before. Hmm. Well, one of the ones that I teased her unmercifully about yes. was Rednecks, R-E-D-N-E-X, for those who don't know, and uh, the single of Cotton Eye Joe. Oh. You all said, what? So I did not realize this. Jonathan Groff, who is currently uh, finishing up his time playing King George in Hamilton on Broadway, is... Apparently, Kristoff in Frozen. Because here he is credited with Reindeers Are Better Than People. All right, so more Long Winters, more Frozen. Boy, the Frozen soundtrack has really gotten a lot of plays in our iTunes library. The child clearly is driving. Oh, what about Collective Soul Gel? That's high up here. Uh, What else? You can tell that I'm the one driving most of the plays in the iTunes library. I don't listen to... Oh, how about Just My Imagination from the Cranberries? That's the first thing I've seen on here that really would sound like a Michelle song that's way up in the list. What about... No. That's not Welcome to the Jungle? No. Really? You're a bigger Guns N' Roses fan than me. Oh, you would want November Rain. That's my favorite. Guns N' Roses. Really so, long. It really is. It's so terrible. In the cold November Rain. It's a good song, though. <laughs> There's a little pink on here. I do like some pink. Oh, 
I mean, there's just give me a reason. Yeah, I like that one. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good song. Sometimes you don't really want that to be a, like a theme I song. I know. It's kind of too much of a downer. It is kind I, of I mean, she kind of, I mean, all her songs, though, are like even the ones that are kind of sad are like, it's like power pop. It's, you know, it's. What was the one about burning? Spark in the burn? Or is that the Blow Me Last Kiss? I think you're thinking of uh, St. Almost Fire. No, I'm not. You can feel it burning inside you. No. It's it's like an STD. Spark for the flame. St. Almost Fire and gonorrhea have a lot in common. You can feel it burning inside. Uh, for the record, uh, Michelle and I have not uh, experienced gonorrhea. It's funny to joke about, though. I guess it's funny to joke about for us who have not experienced it. <laughs> right. I'm sure there are people out there uh, who would not enjoy joking right. about gonorrhea. I would start saying stuff oh, this for you to come in. No. No? Not vehicle? No. How about a little ABBA? And get you going and motivated. Waterloo. Oh, here's your here's your song. I'm currently playing Frolic, the theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Merlin has often asked people that when they hear when they hear the HBO static thing that plays before HBO shows start in their head what is what is the music that they hear next because it's kind of an indicator of which HBO show you know is kind of top of mind for you and I gotta say that for the longest you know like still today even I hear the HBO static and then I start to hear Frolic play in my head because we probably because we binge watched the entire run of Curb Your Enthusiasm a few years ago and it was delightful and then, of course, we played the song over and over again, and that's why it's in our iTunes library, and we bought it, because uh, when Penelope was little, when she was, like, like one, she was walking, I think. We've got a video of it, where she would, she would like, she, she was dancing. To, she to dance around to <laughs> and it. And turn she did a lot of, did she do a lot of yeah, I twirling? Yeah, so. I think she kind of turn around and, and bob her head back and forth and all that. Well, on that note, now that we've not figured out what Michelle's theme song is, I think we can close it out. With your theme song? Yeah, maybe I'll pick something from that little section there. Put it in there. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's 10 down. Yep. We'll be back next time with more about... Uh, something. You know, probably about the Americans a little bit, but who knows? <laughs> more belly aching about the Money Pit House. <laughs> I think everybody's assignment is to go watch the Money Pit between now and then. We haven't watched it in a while. We should watch it again. Yes, maybe there'll be an update. Maybe it'll make us feel better about like, you know, hey, it could be worse. Could be a lot worse. Could be a future, the view into our future. Yeah. Taking a shower and falling through into the laundry room. Yeah, I think about it every time I'm upstairs and, and, and in our weird, you know, 
sloping floor upstairs areas. And uh, that I think I think about that, and I think about mad about you when they always how they they always insisted that the kitchen floor had a had a slight slope to it. Recently, I've been really noticing like this weird part in the living room where like the carpet sticks up something or there's pretty like much a, the underfloor. Like yeah, because I'm trying to work out, and it's like I don't want to kind of like be in that area and then somehow trip over it. Because it's because it's nothing. Thing about a forty-year-old house is that it does houses do settle over time, and uh, and so yes, when you have a two-story forty-year-old house, uh, there there are going to be some weird things about the uh, the floors on the second floor. Because I guess even though, because I guess that's still crawl space underneath that part too. Is this really where the house is on a crawl space? Except for where the what used to be a garage. Yeah, that's the only spot. That's that's why it's that's why it's like three steps down into the garage. So yeah, I'm sure everybody cannot wait till the next episode to hear about what happens with our house. I gotta say, I recommend that I, I, I recommend to people that they buy an old house with some character because there's crazy stuff. We find weird things all the time, um, and there's there's fun things too. You get into a one of our little nooks and crannies upstairs that's like for storage, and you see where when the people that owned the house before us, the guy had multiple daughters multiple and daughters. you see where they like, they wrote, you know, which, which boy they were in love with Danny. in high school or whatever in the, uh, you know, in, in <laughs> up in the, was essentially the unfinished part of the upstairs, like an attic storage area. It's, it's fun to, there's fun little lived in things about the house like mm. that. You don't get that with a brand new house. No. You don't get lots of random, you know, creaking and popping sounds as the as the wind yeah. whips through and or a water spigot inside of a closet. That's true. How many people can say that that inside their house they have an outdoor water spigot that's in a closet? Not a lot of people can say that. You know who can say that? We can say that. If we ever wanted to have a water bed, <laughs> be super convenient. <laughs> we also have a vase. I've never turned it on to see if it actually works. I think I'd be afraid to. I think somebody might have tried it. Like when... Like the inspector, maybe? I don't know. No, I think when... Like after we found it, but like we hadn't moved in yet. Oh, probably so. I think like either maybe... I can't believe I didn't bring a bucket and try it. Yeah. But something that we also have... Well, like I'd turn it on and it would burst and then we'd have like... <laughs> be terrible... We also have a vase stuck in a cabinet that we can't get out. Yeah, that's our little <laughs> gift to yes. the eventual uh, homeowner somewhere. The thing is, when you ins they install your cabinets, but your counters aren't ready, <laughs> you got to be careful what you stick down from above <laughs> since the cabinets are open from the top. <laughs> because we were getting some things out of the way, and I stuck a uh, a big, it's a beautiful vase. It's a, it's a shame. You've you've received many bouquets of flowers in that vase over the years. And uh this nice cut glass, uh you know, it's heavy. Purchased it while I worked at JCPenney, got a great deal on it. Yep, it's uh it's a beauty. And uh yeah, then uh, eventually our countertop finally got installed after <laughs> lots of, you know, back and forth and delays. 
12 weeks later. And uh, really eight. we were then moving stuff into the, to the cabinets and I opened the door of that little narrow cabinet that where you was like, Oh, well, we're going to put some cookie sheets and stuff in here. So let me, let me reach back in the back there and get that vase out of there. And I nope. grab it to pull it up and <laughs> dunk <laughs> when we realized, Oh, well, that's weird. Well, how'd we get it in there? <laughs> and then we realized, no. Nope. Oh, it went in from the top. And so it didn't have to fit through the hole where the door is on the way in. <laughs> and it doesn't fit on the way out. And so either it'll come out someday when the countertop is removed. <laughs> or when somebody wants to bust it and, and break it into smaller pieces. So we decided, uh, you know, like a month into living here that. Well, that's, that's just going to stay there forever. And so it's in the back of that cabinet. Waiting for some flowers. <laughs> and I can't wait so, for some day. I think it's upside down. When we've, when we've, uh, yeah, we flipped it upside down so it wouldn't like collect weird bits Bugs. of things and all that down in it. Um, yeah, so I look forward to um, never hearing about it because why would you? But uh, somebody eventually years and years and years from now moving into this house and going, Oh, they left this face. Oh, that's beautiful. Let's get it out of there and put some dunk. Oh. There. Well, maybe if I turn it, this would dunk. Oh. Oh, that's why they left it. <laughs> we'll see if we have to replace countertops at some point. We better in, not. In the next. That should be like a one-time purchase. Oh, I'm sure something bad's gonna happen to it. Oh my goodness! Your your positivity <laughs> In like is a delight. Fifteen years, there'll be something wrong to where we need to replace it. Well, then we'll just sell the house at that point. And Fifteen years from now, if major things you know start to happen, that it looks like we're gonna have to sink you know more money, <laughs> money to replace things that we put in the house. That's when it's probably time to just move on. <laughs> so you know what? It's been a good run. <laughs> You know, a long time before we got to think about that countertop. I hope so. Unless we, you're, you're, <laughs> you were, could you be more of a downer? I'm just saying, I mean, what happens it's if. It's a brand new solid surface un- countertop that we I put understand. in less than two years ago. What happens if there's like, the tree comes crashing through the window and. Okay. Messes up a lot of stuff. I'm that just has saying. nothing to do with the house and the quality of the countertop. I'm not saying that the, the house or the quality of the countertop. I'm just saying crazy things can happen. Well, we'll have a giant check from the insurance place and we'll happily repair it. I'm just saying. Things can cause the well, countertop I, to have to be replaced. I'm pretty sure that if that happened, uh, the vase would probably get broken in the process. Or somehow we have a kitchen fire. How funny would that be? The vase is, the va- not the kitchen fire. The vase is trapped in that cabinet, and we've already written off and we'll never have it again. But then some, something happens, and that whole part of the house is destroyed. And so we're able to claim the vase as part of the losses on the uh, on the insurance claim. I think it would be funny if it, that's the only thing that's still standing. That's probably what would happen. Somehow the ca- the cabinet would be intact, and the and the vase would still be stuck in it. Probably and that it... part of the countertop would be like, okay, and not need to be replaced. <laughs> We'd be like, hey, we can finally get that vase. Oh, wait, this is the only part we can salvage. <laughs> That'd be amazing. All right. I'm trying not to be Debbie Downer. I promise okay. I'm not. Try a little harder. I... You got a smile on your face, which I appreciate. But uh, 
maybe maybe don't just always be dreaming of the worst case scenario. Just you know, just a just, just a thought. I'm just saying, crazy things can happen. Yes, crazy. I'm not things saying can happen. crazy good things can happen too. I'm not, don't always think about the crazy. I know. I'm not saying that, that LG High Max is going to like become asbestos or something. Hey, maybe it will be, and we'll get a giant settlement and cancer. Right. Or you know. In five years, we hate our kitchen and want to completely redo it because we apparently have money that we fixed everything else in the house and don't know what to well, do that's with. That's not going to happen. <laughs> well, I know. About that. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it. Goodbye. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. You got, you know, I said you know, goodbye. You said it too early. Sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>